everybody, this is Scott of the Ambivalence Podcast. Before episode starts, I'm going to take about another podcast you can check out on the Pause of Punker Podcast, hosted by Tyler Adams of the band of Follow-Ups. And what Tyler does, he gets together with friends, musicians, people in the community, and they talk about their mental health and, and the addiction and how they overcome it and how to look at a bigger picture through positivity. So please check it out and give him a, give him a like and listen. He's a great friend of ours. Also, before this episode starts, we have a new track called Cherry from the band Vista Blue. Because our whole guest tonight is Mike Pat. So please enjoy. Thanks, everybody. Episode of Bivalence. Uh, I'm Scott. I'm Nick. And joining us today is uh, Mike Patton of the band Vista Blue and the Low Laws and the Ralphie's Red Riders and uh, the host of a Christmas podcast that he does. And I have more notes down. Let me read them. I have a whole list here. And uh, um, he has a host of the After Minute Horror podcast and the Robinsons. And if I and he's a school athletic director. And thanks for joining us. And I'm out of breath. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, man. Absolutely. So how, how's your uh, summer break going? Are you on vacation yet? Yeah, uh, yeah we're uh, where we are. We get out by like the end of May. So, oh, yeah, wow. We're, a few weeks now that I've been digging into recording and catching up on some stuff that I've been wanting to do. So, uh, where do you like, where do you live? I'm in Nashville. Oh, okay. That's so, a, I gotcha. That's like, yeah, so it's hot. We have a real summer. We're, we're oh, it's for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Indiana, and it was a hundred degree day today. Nixon, Florida. So I'm sure it's like the sun. It's miserable. I hate it. <laughs> I want to go back to Connecticut now. <laughs> yeah, but then when you get there, you say you want to go back to Florida. So exactly, there's no pleasing me. That's for sure. You said it better than anybody else could. I, I lived in New Orleans for 30 years, and so we used to go to Florida all the time. Uh, I love Fort Walton. We go to uh, Pensacola a lot, of course, but uh, I went to Fort Walton probably twice a year, you know, for a while. So I love nice. Florida. Yeah. I've never been there. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, it's fun. Since you're on summer break, let's talk about your career a little bit. How did you get into um, – so you're a school athletic director. Do you also teach a subject, too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm an English teacher, so I've been teaching English and, and other stuff for over 20 years. Um, I was an athletic director, but I'm actually moving out of that position this year into uh, more like social media kind of stuff, um, tech tech kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, it's fun. I love sports and everything, but um, just as far as time and, and, and things that I could do uh, both as a teacher and, and with all of the many projects that I work on outside of school, um, I think I can serve the community better through other ways, through technology. So. What made you want to like go into teaching? Because I mean, like kudos to you for doing it. My wife's an art teacher and I don't know how she does it. Like you guys. Yeah, are... I don't know. Um, it was like, 
um, you know, like most people, I guess I went to school and, and studied music. Um, and my wife did too. And she was becoming the band director at our high school. Um, and I had switched from music to English and, and just thought I was just probably going to try to write for like a newspaper or something or a magazine or something. And, um, I was there with her over the summer before she started and just helping her get the band room ready. Cause she was going to be the music teacher. And they called me into the office and said, we need an English teacher. Can you do it? And I was like, sure. So, uh, I just thought it would be like that one year just to kind of get out of college, find something to do and then get something better. And then here I am, you know, still doing yeah, it. So that's awesome. <laughs> Well, you, you must have the patience because I know like my wife is a middle school teacher where, where she teaches isn't, isn't like the best, like, uh, you know, yeah. think there's a lot of shitheads at yeah, your school. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, just, yeah, put up with a lot. I think it helped, uh, you know, back then I was just so heavily involved in like the local scene and it really, it went both ways where like some of the kids were already coming to our shows but then also i you know i was booking a lot of shows so it was like you know kids at the school were putting together bands and then i would put them on shows you know so like yeah i, I was really i had a whole like diy like all ages scene going that's and, fucking uh, awesome i was doing shows i was doing shows in my garage i was doing shows at the coffee shop yeah before. where the fuck yeah. were you in my high school man yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, was, it, was, it was great i mean it was you know lots of like articles in the newspaper and stuff and and for the first few years it didn't really feel like work you know it's like just show up and it was the schedule i'm used to you know it's like show up during the day do this stuff and you're off for like summer and christmas break and stuff you know so i don't know and then once i had kids it's just like really fit with with why not be on their schedule you know yeah well happy yeah. related father's day but yeah yeah uh, that was just, did, you have a, did you have a good one yeah it was great i mean we just you know we don't do too much uh around here um with the heat and then with uh well, you know with a teacher's salary you know it's not uh, like tons of money to go on vacations and stuff uh but then right. around here like i don't know like just since the pandemic thing things get kind of crazy around here in nashville and so we uh we we tend to like hang out at home a lot so yeah that's what we there's, do for father's day there's nothing wrong with that at all we went to my in-laws house yeah. and, and had food so like, right right you know I got a nice, I got a nice uh, card from Heidi, and also got another one from her mom for being a dog dad. So I celebrated Father's Day too, kind of. (laughs) I was going to ask about the uh, the new album you're working on. Yeah. So, uh, well, so we're finishing up uh, an album with songs about the outsiders. It's called Stay Gold. So anyone who's interested in that, it's it's all songs about the outsiders. We we just felt like you know, in our sort of pop punk sort of scene or whatever, that this was sort of a natural theme. Uh, as some people who know us probably know, we write, we do a lot of themed releases. And so um, the Outsiders just felt like a theme that we should do. We actually started um, probably last spring, probably spring 2021. Um, we were going to do an EP over the summer and then just said, you know, we had like probably five or six songs that we liked. And we said, let's just wait and do an album. We thought we'd do it in the fall, but then I got really busy with work and uh, we just put it off to, to this summer. So we are finishing sure. it up. We're almost finished tracking. Um, like I'm just waiting on a few uh, friends who are doing some tracks for me. And uh, I've been mixing every day while they're sending that stuff in. So, I mean, I'll probably have it finished by like Friday, actually. Um, we're going to release it on July 1st. And uh, but only digital right now. We're gonna have a CD and cassette coming later this year. So um, yeah, anyone who follows us, you, you'll get more info about that. Uh, it'll be streaming sure. on July first. Awesome! Wait. I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a uh, you know a cool concept or yeah. theme, I should say, because that, that's a great fucking movie. So it seems to be things that it seems to be something that people like. So uh, yeah, definitely. The movie. Uh, I think that probably uh, lyrics wise, you know, we had to go a lot by the book uh, just to really dig into the to the content. Um, so there's sure. stuff like I sent a song to my brother, and he was he was like, "Wait, is this that outsiders thing?" What, I, he was like, "I'm confused. I, I didn't know what this had to do with it." And I was like, "Well, I guess you kind of had to read the book then. I don't know." Well, I got I gotta ask: Do you have a song called "Do It for Johnny"? No, no. You know, oh. it's, it's funny. We we mostly went without saying names. Um, there was a song like okay. Mary, there was a song right. like Martha. Um, but other than that, there's only like 
two times uh you know dally is mentioned nice um and 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 um oh, what's his face um where's dally hiding out at a buck's house and so okay but sure like to get it was it was really a, a reason to get the line in about where he says um that when they opened the door at buck's house that they heard the sound of hank williams and Pony Boy says it, it scraped on his raw nerves like sandpaper, and, and like I'm <laughs> and so I had to get that line in um, about Hank Williams playing. And so, so we did in that song mention Buck and Dally, but other than that, like there's not a lot of there's no Pony Boy, no Soda. A lot of the songs were written from Pony Boy's point of view. That's cool, uh, of course. Yeah, I mean, okay. First person Pony Boy kind of talking for the most part. Okay, um, like his narration. Yeah, yeah, and and some of it's sort of like unknown greaser narration there's not really like a social narration song because i don't think we're ever really supposed to side with them you know exactly um, yeah there's one, there's one song that we have it's called so tough and it's about the greasers like ign- openly acknowledging as they do in the book several times that the that the socials have cool cars uh-huh yeah. and it's like and they, they do that they they say you know wow you know that mustang is like i gotta admit that mustang's tough you know um, yeah and they don't hold that against them that you know if they could get those cars they would have them so um yeah so we do you know there's that like but other than that there's no real sympathy for the socials and so that's why i didn't want like a social song you know yeah that's good cool. i can't wait i, I can't wait <laughs> fuck that's gonna yeah. be awesome to listen to i mean to be fair you everything you put out is fucking gold like i mean everything that you do is amazing <laughs> thank you thank you i mean like it, it, it's just such a labor of love it's like we make the music that we would want to hear and like for me, literally like working on these songs for a year um, and just like throwing them away and rewriting them. When I sat down to put the album together, I had demos for like 35 to 40 songs. And so, wow. yeah, I mean, it's a movie and a book that I've loved for years and years. And so it was really easy to kind of, uh, you know, I went through demos. I had probably like 50 to 75 demos of just like snippets of songs of like, here's a chorus, here's a verse. And so when I went to have to put it all together, then it was like dug out my, my copy of the book and for about two weeks, I just like tore that book apart, and and it's it's actually like falling apart now. So, yeah. um, it's, again, it's just a labor of love. It's an album I would want to hear. Um, I don't, maybe somebody's done it. I just haven't heard it. But if you know, I can't believe that there's not an album that that I know of that exists. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I, think, I can't do I, stupid stuff. So. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the only only books I read because I wanted to, like, on my free time. Um, yeah. I think that's like one book that I finished, like, because I wasn't a reader. And when I picked up that book, I was hooked. And then, of course, the movie came out, and I was like, okay, like, this is the <laughs> fucking best. Like, it's, right. The rest is history. Still one of my favorite my favorite movies. Yeah, it's definitely good. Uh, and the, um, I, mean, you can't, I mean, the cast is awesome, too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I want to ask because, you know, it's, it's obvious. Um, you kind of have the same like guitar tone and guitar distortion sound on just about everything. And I absolutely love it. Was there like a specific um, like inspiration for that sound or was it just kind of something you found and you liked it? So you stuck with it or. Yeah. Like we, uh, I've played with it a little bit. So it goes back really to like just us picking up guitars because we wanted to sound like Weezer. And so, um, so what you know we never used like the big muff but we kind of used some stuff close to that and then probably i don't know i guess like 2001 i got the fab tone the uh dan electro fab tone and um so it's a little different from say like a weezer but it's and it has like this it has like this overtone that that is it's really it's hard to manage but like if you can manage it then it, then it doesn't become too annoying but um yeah and i'm not like a gear person so like i played the same dan electro guitar since 2000 and i've used that same fab tone pedal since 2001 um and 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 i've strayed probably only like a handful of times out of like hundreds of shows where i've played like a different guitar or you know like when we went to uh when we went to nsub fest i didn't bring my guitar i just played someone's you know like stuff like that so like if there was a time bring my instrument um so and then like when we went into uh when we went to the studio in Memphis, when we went to Ardent, um, I, I, I purposely like researched and bought this different pedal because it was like we were going to Ardent Studio and we wanted to sound more like Big Star or Gin Blossoms. And so I used like a different pedal, you know. So other than that though, this is all I've used. And so then when we moved to to digital recording, 
it was like trying to kind of replicate that fab tone sound but just something something close to that that i liked that can sort of become like a signature and it's actually a layer of, of about two or three different um textures that i use and so when i do a okay. guitar part, yeah when i do a guitar part i basically do it like six times um and and sort of get this blend this like now you know sometimes there are songs that that'll use a different one um and i'll go a little more clean or something like, like that but yeah that that sort of buzz that you're thinking of yeah there's like certain settings that i use and i layer certain things to, to normally get that nice yeah. oh, i didn't want you to uh give up your uh trade secret on that one because <laughs> i absolutely <laughs> love it but i just i was just like, curious if it was like specifically inspired by anything so yeah no just like i said it's it all start a lot of what we do either starts with like weezer or the ramones you know or like sure combination. so uh sure but no it's something that like a lot of people, a lot of people said that they like it, but then a lot of people don't like it. Openly, do not like it. Uh, and so I uh, love it. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, like I said, I, everything I do is because it's what I like and what I would want to listen to. So, um, but it's funny. It is. Uh, it does split people. You know, I hear it both ways. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, I I love it. That's that's one of the things that I definitely had lined up to ask. Probably the only thing I had lined up to ask. <laughs> Because I'm unprofessional and Scott's the one with notes, so. Sure. What you, what you cool. got on your notes there, Scott? Mm. Scrolling, 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 scrolling. Um, so what's cool is like I think Nick's the one that told me about Vista Blue in the first place. Um, because I was like, I don't know how I have, but I think he sent me one of your songs, and it might have been Summer Olympics because that's one of my favorite songs that you guys on that album. Uh, it's so fucking catchy and so uh, <laughs> just so, it's what's it going to see along to? And so I was, I was like, man, this is like, this is really, really good. It's like, this is one way to make me maybe want to get into sports too, because I never heard sports be so entertaining before in my life than with a couple of songs. And I, I, I love the baseball theme songs, those are that's great. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's going to Homer off of Homer. Yeah, 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 that one, and they have one about uh Rizzo. I mean, it's it's, it's so good. Um, it's yeah, it's I think Nick told me all about about that album, and then I bought it on vinyl, and I fucking still play it. Awesome, it's, well, thank it's you. so good, yeah. That Homer Bailey song is is actually like it's it's like many of the things I do, it started as a Facebook joke. Um, and so that was actually our friend Brandon, um, he's in a band called the Euchers. And he runs Mooster Records, and so a lot of people probably know him. He did a single for MTX. On, you know, he did a cassette single for MTX, King Dork, approximately, and he's put out a lot of good Sweet. stuff. Yeah, and so he's in a band called the Euchers, and they're a baseball band, and they were doing baseball stuff before Vista Blue. I actually went to one of their recording sessions, um, and that's kind of when I just started writing baseball songs. I was going to give them to them. But uh, they write so many songs, they didn't really need them. So that, that's that's how I started writing baseball songs. But um, so we were on Facebook and Brandon posted that Homer Bailey signed a contract for like $105 million. Um, this is ridiculous. We need to write a song about this. And so <laughs> Brandon and uh, Jeremy, his bandmate, we just started writing lyrics right there. And then like two years later, I was like, hey, guys, I made a song out of those lyrics that we were writing on Facebook that one time. And so, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> But I, of, I mean, go ahead. My project started as Facebook jokes. But yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> so, have you had the same band members in Vista Blue? Have you have they rotated or? Yeah, it's sort of like a collective. Um, okay. My friend Mark, he he does almost all of the bass. Um, he's done bass on probably you know ninety nine percent of the songs, um, and so he's awesome. I'm really fortunate to just have like this family of. of of close friends who who <laughs> will stop what they're doing and like record a vocal part for me or a lead guitar part or something and um uh so mark's been consistent um my brother todd who was in the loblaws he was in the robinsons you know he started the robinsons with me sure uh, he, he moved to nashville to start the awesome second saturday power pop band uh and so he he started like when I was originally starting Vista Blue, he started it with me. We were going to just call it the Robinsons again. And we had a couple of songs that we were doing for like, we did a song for a movie. We did a song for our friend's record shop. And um, so we, we, we kind of were just doing some songs as the Robinsons, we thought. And then, um, I don't know, we had always joked about naming a band Vista Blue, which was the park, the ballpark that we played at growing up. Uh, it was Vista, okay. Vista Park was the, was the park. And when we had too many teams, we had to have colors. So 
uh, I coached his basketball team one year, like when I was like 19 and he was like 14 or 15, I coached his basketball team and we had to be Vista Blue. And we always said that would be a funny band name. So, <laughs> okay. So when we started Vista Blue, he was helping me out a little bit, but I just started writing so many songs and he had young kids at the time. Uh, where my kids were getting a little bit older, where I could do more of the home recording. And so he kind of, he was overwhelmed. I was writing too much, I think. And so uh, Mark and I kind of just started doing it on our own. And then our, our good friend Reese is our drummer. When we do live, when we, you know, like when we do shows, Reese plays drums for us. Um, and then our friend Richard, who lives in New Orleans, he does lead guitar for us a lot. He drove up to Memphis when we went to the studio there. Uh, oh, anytime wow. he can pitch in, yeah, he he comes and he helps. And then uh, there's my cousin Christopher, who also lives in New Orleans, and he he just helps any way he can. So it's like I'll have all these all this stuff for like songs, and most of it like I'll do it and I'll send it to Mark. But then like usually I'll go like, hey, I really want a different kind of guitar here, and I'll send it to Richard or Christopher or like, you know, if I want like a different harmony or a different kind of vocal, I'll send it to Reese, who is our drummer, but also just has this amazing voice and can play every instrument. So um, yeah, I'm just lucky that I have a lot of friends who who kind of drop what they're doing and get something done for me in a couple of days you know that's awesome yeah that's yeah really definitely good. okay so you, how, i mean you have so many bands <laughs> how do you how the fuck do you keep track of them all like this you have probably I mean, yeah i'm sure this question gets asked, it's asked a lot and i'm sure it's a cliche question or a genetic product i just want to fucking know how you do it <laughs> I mean, you know, the main thing right now the main thing for the last what, like se- six or seven years at this point has been vista blue uh, Ralphie's Red Riders, we really got the idea from a band called The Home Alones. I love Christmas. I have a Christmas podcast, as she said. Um, and, and we just we listen to Christmas music a lot, and we talk about it a lot. We found this punk band called The Home Alones, and they're writing all Home Alone songs. And so, you know, we I started talking to them, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to start a rival band. We're going to write Christmas story songs. And, and <laughs> again, it was like a Facebook joke. And uh, I wrote one that year, that Christmas. I wrote uh, Can't Put My Arms Down. Uh-huh. And, and we, we loved it. And so it was like, we could have done it as Vista Blue, but we thought it'd be really funny if we just pretended like this was Ralphie Schwartz and Flick and this was their band and, and, and this was them. And they were from home in Indiana and these are the songs that they wrote. About right. You know, and the thing about it is like, you know, everybody loves the movie, of course, but, but the songs really wrote themselves. The Outsiders, that was hard because that was just mostly like going to the movie, meeting these social girls, getting in a fight, running away right i mean it was like that, there really wasn't much to it where christmas story i was telling friends like i could take any like 30 second clip of that movie and write a song about it right because, yeah um, switching stories switching characters like something's going on um, sure so that was really easy we did that the summer of the pandemic um so 2019 was when i wrote camp on my arms down at christmas and then uh when things shut down in the spring we went ahead and just wrote the whole record recorded it in june so uh, that was fast. We we did that one really quick. We were all at home, so it was easy. Nice. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, it's mostly Vista Blue. Uh, you know, some side projects with friends. Uh, I had a little project that I was doing with my daughter uh, called Hamster House. You know, and she was like 10, <laughs> she's 13 now, and she, you know, we don't really do too much. We did a Christmas song last year, but you know, um, I'll I'll do different stuff with friends, and then I love jumping it on friends' records too. So um, right now, I'm I'm actually helping. Um, he who cannot be named, you know, of dwarves. I'm doing all the well, I don't know all, but I'm I'm doing background vocals on all the songs for his new record. Oh, oh that's awesome. I mean, so for two weeks I've just been in this in this little studio room working on outsider songs and then taking a break from that to work on his stuff. And that album is amazing. I mean, he's he's so good and I'm just honored to like be on it. And yeah, it's like he 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 had me do background vocals for every song on the record. So I just finished that today. Awesome. Yeah, I wow, that is awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to hear that. It's been, yeah, it's been a lot of intense, like, because it's different from what I would do for Vista Blue, you know, so I loved it as an exercise. Sure. Uh, it was really tough. It was, it was hard. Some of it kicked my ass. It was, it was tough. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm honored. I don't know, you know, I don't know if he'll use it all. Who knows once he gets it? I mean, um, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Uh, Milo from Descendants sings a song on there and, um, yeah, it's it's just gonna be a really cool record, and I'm I'm just honored to to be a part of it. So yeah, I just do I just stay busy, just you know, trying to jump in on any music that I can, and then I just have songs stockpiled. Like I said, like the Outsiders thing, I had probably 35, 40 ideas, and just wow. now the ten I liked. And then what I'll do later is like there's probably ten songs in there that I still really like, and I'll just change them and use them for something else. Yeah. Oh, there you go. 
Just change the right. titles. And we're the next, record next week. We're starting the next record already next week. So wow, wow. So do you have a studio God, you in don't your ever house? Stop. Yeah, I do. I do everything at home. Um, sometimes we use drastic sounds, uh, Matt Drastic, you know, from Teen Idols and Queers. But uh, he's he's touring. He's in Less Than Jake now, and so um, we we when we play live, I mean, which hasn't happened since the pandemic, that's where we rehearse. And uh, but we've used the studio sometimes to record. We just we try not to use it too much because he's really busy. So. Uh, sure. But we, yeah, we've done some stuff there. But yeah, mostly I do everything at home. Dude, well, it sounds you, great. So you, you must have your... a nice setup. Yeah. So do you share your, your music with your students at school? Like, do you say, "Hey, this is what I'm doing," or do they, it's like, do you keep that to I, yourself? I, I, I mean, they find it, but I, I never. <laughs> in new orleans it was different because like i said it sort of started out as this thing where i was like booking shows and so i remember when i switched schools the first time i went to a different high school i was like not going to say anything and it was the summer um we're at like teacher training and some kids were there they were like student council they were doing like their training right and they walked by the door and they saw me and they like recognized me from the robinsons and and that was it like they you know it became a thing and so but since i moved here uh, to nashville I, I never really talk about it in class, um, but they find it. I mean, a lot of them know, most of them know. Uh, yeah. I also have a radio show that I do every week on Radio Free Nashville, and some of them listen to that too, which is cool. I mean, it's-, it's oh, That's it's, awesome. No, it's, it's fine. So- Do you I play on every- oh, sorry. completely anonymous, but- Yeah. You can't. <laughs> True. Do you have like, do you have free range of your radio show as far as like, you want to play, or do you have to keep it? Is there a certain- oh, It's on the radio, so no language, but other than that, well, yeah. We can do whatever we want. Um, you know, like at Christmas when we're doing the Christmas podcast, I'll do like a whole episode where like I just play like our podcast or something like. You know what I mean? Like so. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I, I. It's it's awesome. Like Radio Free Nashville has been great. Um, I can pretty much do whatever I want. Just no like advertising for like a company. You know. Um, sure. Sure. But and then no language. But yeah, I mean, every right. now and then put something on. Yeah. <laughs> so. Culture. <laughs> How long has your has your Christmas podcast been going for? Uh, let's see. I guess we're we're gonna start season four this year, so three years. Yeah. Okay. okay. This is. I don't want to sound like an asshole when I say this. But how do you keep a podcast about Christmas going for four seasons long? <laughs> do you like focus on a movie at a time or something? How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like. Uh, so the first season we did. Um, we had everybody voted, all of our friends voted for their favorite things, and, and we took the top 10 uh, movies and songs. And so okay. every so we did 10 episodes, so every episode we do one of their movies and one of their songs that they all voted for, and basically just kind of make fun of our friends for picking stupid stuff. You know? So <laughs> the next season, uh, then we picked, so like we would pick, like I pick a movie and he would pick an album. Uh, I do this with it's my best friend. His name's Rusty. And so okay. Rusty and I do this. So, like, so season two, I picked a movie and he would pick an album. Then the next show, I'd pick an album and he would pick a movie. So okay. I talk about like Harry Connick, and then he would make me watch like, you know, Cabbage Patch Kids or something. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I had that special VHS. Last year, last year, what we did was we picked themes for each episode. So, like, we had a horror episode. And we had like an 80s episode. And so he picked one thing and I picked one thing. And again, we had our friends vote. And so like, you know, so we did horror. So we watched like Gremlins, you know, like, and so like I would pick something, he'd pick something. And then our friends would pick. So we would do like three things on each episode. So Okay, cool. Yet for season four, but no, it's it's fun. We definitely keep it going. Okay. Um, all right. All right. All right. Like ripping on stuff, honestly, even though we love it, we love it. But it's like, then we also sort of make fun of a lot of it. Sure. Okay, so is Die Hard a Christmas movie, yes or no? I mean, I don't consider it, but I'm always, I mean, you know me, I'm always like, do whatever you want. I don't care (laughs) (laughs) what a movie is, you know? So, like, if you, if like, imagine, like, that might be your thing. You might be nostalgic about it. Maybe you and your dad watch that every Christmas Eve. Then it is a Christmas movie, you know? Like, Yeah, that makes sense. I don't care. (laughs) I, I don't. I don't watch it at Christmas time. I watch Die Hard all the time. I don't, you know. Yeah. I, I feel nah. like a Christmas movie is something that you watch at Christmas and not really throughout the year. True. Well, that makes sense. And so, yeah, what about Christmas? Like, just so you, is like your favorite, your favorite that you, you know, like you're so into it because I personally, I'm not a big Christmas music person. 
And honestly, like, I'm okay decorating like the the week before. I don't need that like, you know, like the day after Halloween or whatever. Um, but like, what like, what gets what gets you like so into it that you uh, your passion? Decorations. I'm not big into like presents. Honestly, it's it's the movies and the music, right? And it's like, I so first of all, the music is oftentimes pretty good, but it's this thing where like you only hear it for like that month, and so like take like the phil Spector record those songs are amazing like it's the pet sounds of of, of christmas music right but mm-hmm. people mostly only listen to it for like two three four weeks and so uh it sort of stays fresh i guess i know some of it gets old and repetitive and i, I mean does anybody really love hearing bruce springsteen every year i don't know i get it but it and then the movies are always like i don't know i like cliches and i like you know stuff like that like the size 14 song i'm a formula guy like i just love it i think it's hilarious and and um i don't know you know again it's not about the decorations not about the presents we just really love like the music and the movies and we found that like especially starting like halloween we're talking about it every day on facebook anyway you know we're like finding something to make fun of or like Hey, have you heard that Hootie and the Bluefish Christmas song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now we just have a podcast where we can make fun of it and, and talk about it, you know, or, or awesome. all kinds of stuff we like, you know. And so yeah. I'll talk about Harry Connick, you know, every episode. <laughs> <laughs> so like we said, we just did our summer episode. Uh, we just released it today, actually. It just came out like an hour ago. Um, and so it's like we basically said in the summer episode that everything we do is stupid in some way, whether it's recording an album about the outside or. <laughs> having a Christmas podcast where we do episodes in the summer. Um, <laughs> everything we do is dumb anyway. Uh, that's awesome. Dumb, but enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Entertaining would be the perfect word. I don't, I don't know how many people think it's entertaining. We entertain ourselves. <laughs> well, that's why oh, you yeah, should do the... things. That's exactly what exactly. you should do things, though, for yourself and no one else. Sure, exactly. You know, you get listeners fine, but like, it's, do it because you don't want to do it. And again, I'm lucky to have friends who, who do this. I'm also lucky to have a family, my wife and kids, who just sort of expect that I'm doing something stupid back then. <laughs> um, actually, that was going to be that was going to be one of my questions. Is uh, is your family supportive? Obviously, they are. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, they and it's really cool because they. I feel like, especially my kids, have this uh, knowledge that they can do whatever they want to. Um, you know. Yeah whether it's coding or, or whatever they're doing with their gaming or all night movie marathons it's like sort of something they've picked up on along the way and, and don't have to feel this need to hide it or feel like i'm gonna or us as parents we're gonna tell them they're wasting their time you know and so sure yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah so I, I they are they're so supportive again we don't play live shows as much uh i have a son who's now um 19 uh feels weird and uh so when he was younger you know he he we were playing shows and stuff and so he grew up around it um and so i think he definitely knows what it was like and kind of has some idea about it my 13 year old i don't think she knows much she she kind of has an idea she thinks it's cool and mm-hmm. uh, she'll like a review of our music like she has friends who actually like know about our music or know about our friends music and stuff and so she knows that it's out there and she thinks it's really cool and like she's enjoyed like going to art in the studios and meeting jody stevens <laughs> a big star and and you know like things that she things that we've done together we went to the betts concert the other night i mean not the Betts. i'm sorry beach bunny uh we went to the beach bunny concert the other night and so yeah i saw you post about that how was that Oh, it was amazing. They were great. Yeah, she loved it. She had fun. Um, awesome. Yeah, they were they were a really good live band. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really cool to keep doing this stuff, especially since most of what I do is at home now. Um, so I'm never truly like abandoning anyone if I have to like stop right now and go out there. You know, I just tell right. you. Yeah. And Scott, you know what it's like. I mean, you know, that's yeah. that's part of what podcasting is about is the convenience. Oh yeah, we might. Yeah. Tuesdays after my daughter goes to bed are like the best, the best days for me. <laughs> like, I mean, the fact that we can keep this weekly and I can find time is, is is pretty miraculous. Because, like today, I was like, oh my god, what if I? Because I was by my, I had to. My parents came over when I got off work. My wife's at a concert tonight. She's till tomorrow, and I'm just like, Jane, like, what if she's like an absolute monster for me? And like, I I can't record because. She 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 can do that. Like she's gonna be three in two weeks, yeah. and you and after after seven o'clock, like that's her witching hour where she can be like the biggest asshole. But I mean, I, lo- I love her to death when I say that. So tonight I was so tonight I was like, okay, 
8.30 and we're going to start bedtime and we'll see what happens. And she did really well. I got to say, I was surprised how smoothly it went. Um, awesome. Yeah, because usually like if, if it's my, my turn to bedtime, she starts to fuss. She wants mom. She doesn't want me. But with mom out of the picture, it was pretty easy for me to kind of get her to sleep. So <laughs> I call that oh, a win. Oh, my God. She was pissing off the dog the most of the night, um, just like just jumping on her. And my dog just like started doing like, you've ever heard of the spinnies? Like oh, she yeah, just started running around the house and could not calm down. I'm like, you broke the fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's great. Yeah. No, she didn't. She was just laying there. <laughs> she didn't do dick to the dog. You might get it. It was just like, she's just a monster sometimes. Yeah. yeah, she's cool though. I love her. Can't <laughs> help it. Well, so you guys do it every Tuesday? Yeah, yep. that's you know, uh, around the schedules, but yeah, usually it's yeah. Tuesdays. We, uh, I think you mentioned it the uh, after midnight horror podcast. We just, I did. It. Yeah, you do that with uh, uh from Kelsey John. From, yes, you do, John Gavin. Absolutely, great yeah, dude. So he was awesome. And so, uh, you know, we did a horror podcast for years. Me and my brother and my cousin. Uh, it was called Body Count. And we did that from like 2010 to maybe 2017. Um, and when Vista was wow. really busy, we kind of cut back. Um, but so we had done a lot and we used to do a zine as well. And so um, during the pandemic in 2020, I wanted to do one more zine issue. And we interviewed Joe Bob Briggs from The Last Drive-In. And, and it was a really good issue. And John jumped in and he did a lot of work on the zine with me. He did like a, an interview, I think. He did a couple articles that he wrote. And so he and I did that whole zine together pretty much. Um, and so I just, last year I started using our Christmas blog. It's really a holiday blog. We can talk about <laughs> I started talking a lot of horror on it. You know, I was like, man, I need to just like start a horror podcast again. So, uh, John and I do it. It's called after midnight and the focus, what we're trying to do is focus on the music since we're like musicians. I, I hate almost every horror podcast I listen to. Cause it's like two dudes sitting there drinking beer, talking about Friday the 13th and we've all heard it. And so what we're doing is we're, I mean, not that it's maybe any better, but so we're going to like talk about the movie in general really quickly, but then we're going to focus on like the music and at least we can like be goofballs about something that we know about, you know? So when you yeah. mean music, you mean like the scores or just like songs throughout the movie? If somebody wants to talk about the score, fine, but no, like the soundtrack. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, okay. So, like, so, you won't be able to do, but you know, there's a lot of good movies where you could, even if it's just two or three good songs, that's fine. Yeah. 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 So what's your what's your favorite horror movie soundtrack? Oh, I mean, I don't, you know, I haven't even thought about it. Um, you know, I can think of like examples of of songs that are that are used efficiently, but like an actual soundtrack, there's so many and for different reasons, and that's sort of why we started this podcast was to kind of like jump into them because take like the scream movies, like those are mostly like not a ton of great songs, but they work so well with those movies. And for the nineties, they were something, you know, yeah, Same for like yeah. Pro or, or stuff like that. Um, the craft, you know, a lot of those nineties movies had these soundtracks were like, it was bands that I wasn't necessarily buying the albums for those bands, but the soundtracks worked pretty well. So, and then yeah. of course, like you know, on our first episode, we talked about don't fear the reaper and, and how it's used in Halloween, but it's, it's used officially in the movie X that we reviewed that just came out this year. Oh, that's on my list to see. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what we talked about X, and we talked about uh, Girl Walks Walks Home Alone at Night. That was what we did in our first episode. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. And so it's really cool. As, and basically how we're approaching it is like um, talk about the movie real quick, but then get into the music. And then if you were making a playlist, which songs would you add to your playlist and which songs would you definitely not have on your playlist from this movie? Which songs sucked? Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's got to be a lot of prepping. They bet they have to watch the movie a couple times, to, or at least yeah, like. I feel like so for these, uh, he had seen them both, uh, and I had seen X. I had not seen the one he picked, a Girl Walks mm-hmm. Home Alone at Night. Um, so I, yeah, so what I did for that one was I watched it. If you listen to the episode, it's hilarious. I, I because it's it's an Iranian film, and so it's subtitles, and the music isn't even in English, of course. And so what I did was made these goofy notes to label the songs to myself. So I think I had one. It was like trippy prostitute song or something like that the soundtrack to like yeah. the music you know so yeah so that was yeah it's it's sort of a lot of prep but we're just doing it once a month yeah. right now so yeah it's, it's a lot of fun it's something we yeah. feel like we know a little bit about it so that's cool yeah 
I'm like, good, good for you for just like fucking going for it, just pulling the trigger on what you want to do. <laughs> you know, when you, when you, you, you see, you seem like a guy who just has an idea, and instead of like sitting on it, you just fucking go for it. And I admire yep, that. Right, That's awesome. Right. When you don't care if people like like it or anything, and you're just doing it for yourself. Just fucking do it, yeah. 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 Do it. Exactly. Do uh, anyone listening, go do start start a blog, write a book, take a class, adopt a pet. I don't know, do something. Yeah. Everyone should do something. What are you waiting for? Exactly. <laughs> well said. That's that's kind of how we started. Just we had an idea and we just went for it. Yeah, and it'll evolve. I mean, who knows? If we keep doing this podcast, who knows what it will be a year from now? Uh, or maybe we we stop doing it. I don't know. Who knows? You know. So, yeah, exactly. Right. You don't know until you try. Right. And, and and part of that comes from the music. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of Apples and Stereo. A uh, great band that I love. And um, you know the guy who does that band, Robert Schneider. Uh, he has talked a lot in the past about he, he has these great recordings and, and it's these great DIY recordings that he's done mostly at home. And it's just like he, he has said, like, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be a snapshot of what you did at that point and that moment. Right. And so, yeah, yeah like I hit a wrong note when I'm recording guitar. Yeah, I'll stop it. I'll go back and I'll redo it. Uh, if it just kind of sounds funny or, or there's a little bit of feedback or maybe it's like slightly off of the note or something, I might leave it. I don't know. You know, it's like, to me, it's not, I'm not making Beatles records here. I'm not making Led Zeppelin records or whatever. Like it, it's okay if there's a wrong note or if something just sounds different. Um, it's obviously not a live recording, but it was live at that moment when I did it, you know? So same for like podcasting or anything else. Who cares? Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a perfectionist to my detriment sometimes, you know? I get that again. That probably turns some people off uh, to if, my stuff, but yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. If we get five listens, I'm happy. Yeah. Like I really like like that. Like getting getting more than one exceeds my expectations every time I do this. So we were talking you know. about this on the Christmas podcast. So um, what I did was, you know, sometimes I, I usually don't look at like stats, and so for the Christmas podcast, we're using so much bandwidth, and I didn't want to pay for anything. So I basically rigged up this thing where I upload the episodes to archive to archive.org. Okay. Um, and then I just made my own feed through WordPress, which I can then feed to anywhere, iTunes or anybody. I'm essentially having unlimited hosting. And can push my podcast out to whoever I want. The trick is you don't really get like the benefit of statistics. You can do like Google Analytics, but that's really hard to like track across different platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. you essentially have to say, I don't care about numbers, right? Which yeah. is hard for some podcasters, right? But right. we discovered that you can you do have some stats in um Apple. I don't know if you guys know this, but if you go no. to Apple, you can uh, look at some stats. And I pulled them out and I, I, like, screenshotted and sent it to Rusty, and we couldn't believe it. We just imagined, like, five people were listening, and it was way above that. Like, yeah, it was it was far more than we ever thought we were listening to our Christmas podcast. So, yeah, that was the uh, same with Nick, and I don't want to say this, right. but, like, we broke a thousand listens, and I couldn't believe it. Was it was yeah. listeners? Listens, right? When, yeah, it was when, about... when it was... Go ahead. It, it was a thou- it was like actually I think now it's at like thirteen hundred. Um oh, yeah, and we have like I think it's jumped up to like ninety regular listeners. So that's that, fucking that, insane. That's that stupid far, of you. Far you exceeded my expectations. <laughs> you know what it is? It's probably all the girls, because uh, of classic Pat. It's probably what it is. It's probably <laughs> he got all the ladies he got all the ladies tuning in, so that it's wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, but it's not us at all. Not the host. Fuck those guys. <laughs> it's all no, the guys. It's a combination. They, they came for Classic Pat. They stayed. For the they show. stayed for us. <laughs> um, I love Pat. That was awesome. I love that episode. So that was, uh, he's, he's, yeah, that was a lot of someone, fun. Anytime someone interviews him, you know, he, of course, you guys interview him. So he's a lot like me. Um, I love guys like that. You know, there's Grim Deeds. There's Matt at Out Loud. Like, just these people that, like me, like, just have an idea, do it. And and for me on the back end, um, no one none of these people ever really talk about money. And that's what I hate. Like I hate when whenever like it comes down to like somebody has to have this conversation about money or like moving units or like, you know, pressing a certain amount or something like none of that ever comes up with these guys. And that you know, these are the people that, that I tend to surround myself with and I love what they do. I love their work and, and Pat's you guys talk to him, he's in a million different projects and Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, 
good. Everything he does is good. I mean, your guys' list, though, neck and neck. <laughs> I, oh, lost yeah. my, I lost my breath trying to say his science projects. The same I did yours. So you guys are, like, right there. I mean, you I, know about Pat, though, and, and I do have, like, some secret stuff that, like, most people don't yeah. know about. But yeah. Pat, Pat has stuff that, that people don't even know about. Um, he's got albums that he's working on right now that are going to blow people away. And I don't even know what he's doing with them, but like, yeah. I just get songs. He'll send me songs and I'll be like, that's amazing. What the hell is that for? And, and he won't even know, or it's something lined up for like next year or something. You know, he's, yeah, he's, he's always working on something crazy. So yeah. Pat helped me get my song off the ground that I wrote. And all yeah, I did Pat. was just, all I did was just send him. This is how it sounds. And he just like <laughs> did it a goddamn day. And I couldn't believe it. No, he's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's so, a. I'm glad you guys talked to him. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad I'm talking to you too, man. Don't discredit uh, yourself. You have to, yeah, definitely get Graham. Yeah, that's we. There's there's a list that we want to get. It's just yeah. trying to, you know, get it. Down. Well, that's the thing. There's a huge list, but like, I'm like, who the hell do I want to ask next? Because like, I don't know. There's just so many, so many awesome people to talk to. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot out there. So, but I've, I've enjoyed the show. You know, it's Thank you guys you. Are doing great. Thank you so much. Man, that makes you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Feed the ego. Yeah, my head's just exploding right now. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so weird. Like, so I went to a show a couple months ago. I saw Kepi Gooley and, and I saw uh, Dead Bab and the Cheech, right? And I'm sitting upstairs having dinner, and there's this guy who's wearing a cracking shirt. I'm wearing my cracking shirt. And I told him, he said, I'm interviewing Dan Babbitt. I just interviewed him this past Wednesday. He goes, oh, you mean, are you, are you on ambivalence? I was like, don't. <laughs> I was like, why are you like, that's so cool? <laughs> like, I was, I, I text message him, like, dude, you won't believe this, but somebody knows about us. <laughs> that's great. That's cool. Yeah, we got to be doing something semi right. We're getting the right people on. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. If it was just us, nobody would listen. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I tend to not do guests on my shows because of the uh, chemistry. I think it's brave to do guests, like to do it uh, well. I think to do it well, it is difficult. I think it's brave to to try something like this. And yeah, it is very very difficult. Well, it's to, to a point, but we go in with like, okay, we're not going to just like, we're just going to be ourselves and we're just going to let the conversation go. Because one thing I love doing, Mike, is just like with, when we have guests on, they might be someone I know, they might be a stranger, but getting to know them on a personal level is like, one of, it's like, it's, it's cool for me because yeah. hey, I, it's like, I made a friend today is how it feels. So like, <laughs> like yeah. I, that's, that's why I look at it. It's like, oh, I'm talking to like, Someone that, like, you know, could be, you know, we could, you know, be friends. And, like, that's how I go about it. Like, I don't go, like, oh, well, except for Dan, because I lost my shit. But other than that, like, I was like, oh, this going to be so much fun. We can get to meet somebody new and see their interests and what they're into. And it's, it's Now, sweet. are you the same way, like, in person? Like, if, when you were at that show, like, do you go talk to people or? Yes, I'm very, I'm, a, I'm what my wife calls a peacock. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> when I'm in a, when I'm in a crowd. Um, she says I tend to steal the spotlight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love, I'm a very social person. I love people. Yeah, I'm the opposite. Like it, it, I'm yeah. the complete opposite. Yeah. It's pretty fortunate that usually at shows I'm in the band because I'm like, luckily like people do come talk to me. It's awesome. I love talking to people. But yeah. Yeah. I just, I used to, like when I was like in my twenties, I would, I would go talk to anybody just to be stupid. I would, but like, yeah. I've totally regressed. And, and at this point in my life, like I'm fine being in a room full of people. Uh, if I'm not playing the show, I'm fine just showing up, watching, leaving, and not talking to anyone. Like, that's, oh. that's how I, now, if someone talks to me, I, I love talking to people, but I would just, I don't initiate it. Anymore. Yeah, you don't make the first move. Yeah, I make the first move and then some. Yeah, yeah. I, I, go in for, I go in for a hug first and then talk later. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, know, I just always been uh, just very social. Yeah. I mean, and with my job, I'm an HVAC salesperson, so I kind of have to be. So oh, yeah. it just kind of works. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my job, I do have to, like, talk a lot. Uh, yeah, for sure. 
you think and, and and again i think when i first started all of this i think they helped i think being on stage and then being in front of kids like i think that did all help each other but i don't know at some point like i'm fine in my classroom but i don't uh i in fact when i listened to the episode with pat i think he said something about uh stage fright right or, or something mm-hmm. yeah um, yep. and i don't think i have stage fright um you know, I don't mind like doing it, uh, especially if I'm comfortable. If I'm if I'm in an audience I'm comfortable with, and I'm playing songs I'm comfortable with playing. Like I'm 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 proud of my songs. I'm fine playing my songs. Um, I know not everybody's gonna like it, but I know some people will. And so it's not stage fright necessarily, but it's like I don't even have the desire really to do it too much. Now, like there's certain shows I would love to play, you know, right. like just to go play at some bar here in Nashville. I I have no desire. Yeah, I think yeah. I think like my wife kind of is like on your level. We're like, yeah. if she's like, if she's not teaching, and she's in a social like a social setting, um, she like it just drains the life out of her. Like, because she's so tired of talking to kids all day. The last she's gonna do is like talk to more people, you know, and like and like have to fake being interested in what they have to say. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe it's like, and, and I get it because, like, when we go to like parties and stuff, like, I mean, we're, we're we like to go to bed at nine o'clock anyway, but like, <laughs> when we have to listen to people talk, she just gets drained, and I'm just like, uh huh, yeah, you talking, <laughs> but like, yeah, she, I think that's just like, that's just what it is. It's just you talk all day, you hear kids all day, you think you want to listen to more people after <laughs> that? Like, I get it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. And, and so like with the podcast, I guess like your social circle is kind of growing in this, in this time of like stay at home stuff. Oh not yeah. Just say that not just that, expanding. but like the pop punk community right now is growing and expanding, which is like great for us because there's always someone that's going to be there to talk to. Right. Yeah. I, mean, oh, yeah. I feel like it's feel a like boom like, right now. It's insane. I feel like my circle is like shrinking. You know what I mean? Like I, I oh. yeah. Well, dude, um, come, come join our side of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> come from over here. <laughs> I think it's partially my choice. Like I think it's like somewhat. It's just like I'm really comfortable doing the things that I do, and and it's hard to step out of that like comfort zone now. And so, uh, I, I I think it's just so easy for me to just kind of do the things I'm doing, and, and I've I've got a nice little thing going, and and so I I don't know. Like I I th- I say it's my choice, but I think it's subconscious. Like I don't think I'm going into it going like I don't need any friends. I just think like over the past six or seven years, it's just kind of what, what's become of it. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. In New Orleans, the scene was so different. Um, I would, you know, I go to shows. I, we play with metal bands. We play with Zyda punk bands. We play with that's cool. All kinds of stuff, and we all appreciate each other. And look, I was the worst guitar player in the room, but they loved my songs, you know, because because they were catchy or whatever. And so like, it was it was just this mutual respect. Uh, great shows. Um, we usually have like food. We sometimes watch documentaries before the shows. Like this is a great scene. And it came to Nashville. It's nothing like that. Like there's no, there's no scene like that. I think for the younger crowd, there's a house show scene. Um, it's like hardcore, or, like you know, not mm-hmm. not anything like music at all. Oh no, I'm I'm, I'm in Indiana, and um, oh, I'm specifically Crown Point, which is like you know, it there's it's nothing. It's 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 just me. Is how it feels, and like everybody that's into my shit is like is like in Southern Indiana, like for and like uh, Indianapolis or further, or like Fort Wayne. But like in where I'm at, it's just me with my Kia Soul, just covered in stickers, and nobody giving a fuck. Yeah. And you know, which is fine because I mean, it, I but like it would be nice to have someone that we, because my wife fucking hates my music, and she she's a really she does she's a good sport. She'll go to shows with me if I can't find anybody to go with, which is like all the time. <laughs> right. But um, she's a good sport about it. But uh, yeah, like I, I just feel like I, without the internet, I'm basically alone. Yeah. And you so know? where do you have to go from here? Indianapolis or Chicago? Or- I usually go to Chicago because I get to hop on the train. Um, but yeah, I'm actually going to see the Queers, Jorbs, and Jasons pretty soon here in a couple oh, of weeks. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be the, good. The, the day before my daughter's birthday, which I didn't plan that out at all. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. How far are you from Indianapolis? I'm two hours, roughly two hours north. So I mean, just hop on 65 and go, like basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like I mean, I don't know. Tennessee's a few more hours away, but I don't know the drive, the distance. 
Oh, I mean, Indianapolis was like, I played there not too long ago. I played at a record shop there. Um, oh, which one? I think it was, uh, it was uh, Andy CD and Vinyl. Oh, yeah, right on, uh, right, that's on a Broad Ripple. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got a Zero Yeah, I got a Zero Boys album from there. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're yeah. Good. I actually ordered coffee from them. They roast coffee and all. Um, oh, do they? That's cool. Yeah. They're great yeah. people. Uh, I was trying to play. I was coming through, and so I was going to try to play at Melody Inn, but I, it didn't work out, and so... Yeah. Um, yeah. So they had me there. It was awesome. So that's cool. But yeah, I think I'm probably like five hours from here. Oh, then then, so, yeah. then that's seven from from me. Yeah. So that's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I've never been to Melody for this first show, but I really want to. It just never worked out. But that's always been one place I want to go because I know a lot of people that would be there, which is kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, be you show. know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I was supposed to play there. Um, oh, what was it? It was the. Uh, uh, I was going to play with Parasite Diet um, for a show. I don't know who, I guess the Putts and maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't know who else was supposed to play, but I ended up not, not being able to do it. So, yeah. But I was really happy for a while that, that I thought I was gone and then something happened with the work and I couldn't make it. I, so. I know. It's, yeah. Do, do you have any shows coming up for you? Uh, no, nope, nothing. <laughs> we, uh, oh, well, we're talking about um, October and Cincinnati. Uh, there's some guys putting together a show they're trying uh, with the Zoonoids and some other really cool bands. And so we do that. So it's like we're really picky about the shows we play. Uh, there's a band here, a new band. They're called the Stevens. And so all their songs are about Stephen King stories. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I started playing them on my radio show. And um, they're really nice guys. And so they are they're and they're in the group that's trying to put this show together. And Cincinnati, and my brother lives in Cincinnati, so uh, that's a no-brainer. We played yeah, there. Yeah, Cincy's awesome too. Yeah, we played at the uh, the yacht club that John owns from the Dopamines. We played there. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, and so this is going to be at Southgate, though, actually in Kentucky, but, you know, right across the river. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that looks like it. Like that could be the only show we play all year. So I would do that. Oh wow. I'm I'm pretty picky. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> yeah. That's all right. How many shows roughly do you play a year? I mean, we haven't played since the, we did our record release show the weekend of the pandemic when everything shut down. That's the last time we played. Oh wow! So I mean, well, like that, like bef- before the pandemic, like three or four, not many. Oh wow! Like three or four. Yeah. Nashville, there's nothing here for us, and so it's sure. got to be uh, you know people coming through. So like, there was a show with the Prozacs and uh, Radio Buzzkills, and so we played that. Um, and of course the Rip Taylors. I don't know if you guys you said Rip Taylors on Pat's episode. If you guys haven't heard the Rip Taylors, they are that's that's my favorite band in Nashville. Oh, they're awesome. I love them. Um, so I would play with them any chance I could. Um, we played so right before the pandemic, I played. I'll do like solo sets, you know, just because like I can play my songs by myself. I don't have to get my band to come out and play for like ten people, you know. So, right, um, sure. so I played with the Rip Taylors uh, probably like two or three weeks before, and then they came and played for our record release show. That was like the day everything got shut down, pretty much. Like, I think wow. the next week, you know, everybody went home. So, so when you when you say solo, do you mean like acoustic, or do you actually have like a like music recorded that you play and then you play I over that? Yeah, just me and my guitar. Oh, so, okay. Sometimes I'll use just my electric. Sometimes I'll bring an acoustic. It depends on like where I'm at. Like, uh, but I started like when my son was born. I started just going to the coffee shop around the corner. They would pay me like seventy five bucks, wow. on, like a weeknight. Yeah, and like talk about amazing. Like I could go out and get diapers and formula or whatever. That oh, night. that like, that didn't crazy. think about that. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's when I started doing it. And I had to fill like two or three hours there. So I would just sit there like I'd play one of my songs and I'd play a queer song. I'd play one of my songs, I'd play an MTX song. So like I could I could just rip through stuff. I wouldn't even have to practice it, you know, like I could just play all the stuff that I was listening to. That's um, cool. Yeah, and so yeah. that's when I started doing it and then I uh, just did it more and more. So around New Orleans I was doing a lot of like solo shows. So um I'll do that here. Like I've done some record shops here where I'll play. Like I said, I did that one in Indianapolis and I've 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 played a little bit. In fact, Pat and I right before the pandemic, we talked about uh, we're just going to get in a car one summer and just go tour. Um, so that's something I, hopefully hopefully we'll get I, to do that. I would do an invitation you guys out this way. Yeah, yeah. That would be fun. So I, mean, I, I would pay you guys to play in my house. <laughs> and that's the thing. Yeah, like we could do stuff like that. So 
uh hopefully hopefully you know maybe by next summer uh we could do stuff like that i would definitely go play in new orleans those shows i you know i just have so much fun there that's that's my people are down there and so i would go play there any chance i could so don't uh, don't play don't play at scott's house because he'll just have you guys set up in the basement and he'll sit he'll be the only one in the room and he'll be sitting there in his underwear watching you play that's okay that's okay what the fuck's wrong with that at least they're playing in front of at least they have like they have the best audience of their lives because I'll be there right there singing along. That would be right. That would be a better audience than any national. <laughs> better, better than two people standing around talking on their cell phones. When I when I moved here, I was like, I had booked so many shows in New Orleans, and and I was, I thought I was pretty good at it, and even my worst shows, I could get twenty people out who would be interested, you know. And so right. I moved here, and we started the Law Laws, and and I was like, man, we're gonna we're gonna book shows, we're gonna bring bands to Nashville. Nobody was coming, you know. And so I found this guy with his warehouse, and, and it was really cool. He was going to let me do shows there and charge money, and he, he was just going to sell, like, some waters and take that money. You know, like, he didn't, he didn't care about the money. He was just really he, – he was, like, this old punk dude who owned this, like, tile warehouse, and he was just really into it. So we got the Dopamines and the Leftovers and the Jetty Boys, right? Holy wow. Uh, Damn. One show. Yeah, all in one show. So Damn. they come to Nashville. They come to this warehouse, and I think there were five people there. That's fucked up. Oh, man. We went on the Nashville Punk website. We went on the Nashville Punk Facebook group. Like, we went to all, you know, we did all the promotion we could do to get the right people there. Nobody came. Like, that's, know, that's yeah. so, that's unfortunate. I that's felt, wrong. I, I felt so bad. So, yeah, we, the, the, the closest thing that we had to like a, a decent show where I'm from is there was a bar in Barbarazzo called Franklin House. Dirty, yeah. sticky dive bar. And they, I don't know who set up, but, they got the dopamines and direct hit to play, and that was so, pretty cool. Yeah. Wow! I mean, not, not that so fond of direct hit, but dopamines are fucking killer. Yeah, and to so see them like, yeah, yeah, there was yeah, they had they, the bar was pretty filled. Now, granted, it wasn't on like, you know, people on the punk music, but the people that were there still enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, it was. Yeah. I, I guess it was more like the, it was the right crowd, like the right the right energy was there. So. Like, this is like going to a ska show. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. I was going to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, go one episode without no. talking about my hatred for ska. I've heard a lot of the ska hatred. I don't, I don't care either way, um, but it is funny to hear Nick. You know, I will say, out. though, you, you mentioned Less Than Jake earlier. I will say I do like some of their songs. I mean, look, Matt, our friend Matt is the drummer now, so I, I could never say anything bad about Less Than Jake. We, we liked Less Than Jake. We would go see them when they came to Hustle Blues in New Orleans. They're touring with Born for Soup and Aquabatch right now, which is just... Yeah, just, yeah, I, could, yeah I just had a picture. They were on the bus. Um, yeah, Aquabats make sense. I fucking do not like Born for Soup. They're not my cup of tea. This is a life I know nothing about, but apparently it's hard to get a tour bus right now, and Matt was, was happy to have secured this bus at the last minute. And so, uh, yeah. But I mean, it's a nice looking bus. Yeah, they're gonna be. Yeah, they're playing House of Blues in Chicago. I thought about going, but that's like, I don't really want to watch Bowling for Soup. <laughs> <laughs> Who's headlining? Which is just bizarre. Yeah, that doesn't make uh, sense. That guy can write some songs. I, you know, I guess it's a weird. I, I've never like gotten into it, but he can write some songs. Um, yeah. and and I know enough people who know who know him and and who write with him and work with him and speak well of him. And so, um, I've never again. You know, I have a funny story. Uh, this is way before I knew anyone who knew him. But in in Baton Rouge, and I don't know if this was like when was their big song? It, it was before uh, nine, uh, 1985. Yeah, when do you remember when was it like 2004 maybe? Yeah, Probably it was, around, it was like around that era with like all that shit. <laughs> it's probably like before, before that, definitely. So okay. They were playing at like this little club, and uh, my friend, we weren't there, but uh, a guy who was in my band lived in Baton Rouge, and so he went out with his friends, and he was in a side project that, that was in Baton Rouge because he lived there. So he and his bandmates were there, and um, so apparently Bowling for Soup showed up, and their, their deal was that they got like half of the guarantee up front, Right, and they got the other half at the end of the night. So they show up, they get the half of the guarantee. They say they're going to eat, and they leave. Never come back. There were like no, there was no one outside at the show. No one was there. So uh -huh. they saw no one there. Took half the money, split. Then this whole crowd showed up, 
and they were missing one band and so my friend went over and was like hey we can go get our stuff we can play and i said sure so my friend's band got to play for like a packed place because bowling for soup left wow <laughs> that's awesome yeah. i mean kind of i mean kind of kind that's of shitty. All yeah, that's all i really knew of bowling for soup yeah yeah that's not a good first impression no yeah they have that song that adam schlesinger wrote uh from from fountains of wayne and uh, it sounds sounds like an Adam Schlesinger song, but played by them. But yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's a weird music. It's a it's definitely of the era of that time. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. Well, thank you, thank you so much for hanging out with us and talking to us, and, and you know, it's been amazing. Um, and so, what we like to do is, you know, uh, give you your chance to just you know promote yourself and pour yourself out to the audience. And um, so, I'm gonna shut my mouth and let you talk and uh, just tell people where they can find your music and what you got going on, man. I've already said everything. Uh, I, you know, just that outsider record is coming out. We are Vista blue.bandcamp.com. That's where you can find us. So, uh, yeah, just it's, we're, we're out there. We're on Spotify and all that stuff. So look for us, but uh, keep listening to this show and check out uh, after midnight. If you're into horror. So, but definitely ambivalence podcast, keep listening. Oh man, thank oh, you, man. Thank that you. That's so, that's so, no one's ever done that before. <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice. This guy's a this guy's a gym, and uh, Mike, honestly, you can you can come back anytime you want, man. Thank you so much, and uh, it's been a pleasure, Nick. It's absolutely always, uh, it's a pleasure getting with you weekly, and um, for the rest of the audience, thanks for listening. And we'll fill your ear holes with something different. Thanks, guys. Good night. See ya.